Amen. Amen. It's good to have the gifts of God evident in the church. And I want to thank you for the songs that I've been hearing. I've heard the, the West Indian rhythm last week and with all the choirs and, and this week, no exception. We praise God for the musicians. We praise God for all that he has done. And I believe we have an intro here right now, right? <laughs> Choir was so beautiful, blessed our hearts, prepared us, and the preacher was ready, amen? Just hold on a little preacher, just hold on. For our KKVV listening audience, we want to thank you for joining us, particularly those online that are watching us at www.abundantlifelv.org. Always a privilege to have you watching from different parts of the world. Our records show that there are people from Africa and um, from South America who hit our website, and we praise God for the minutes you spend on there with us. And one day we hope that those who are listening on the radio or watching us live will join us here at Abundant Life. And for those who are worshiping here, it's a privilege to have you live with us. Today we have none other than our senior pastor, Elder O'Neill Madden, who has a word on his heart for us. And we are praying that the Lord may use him and use him up set his heart on fire as he brings us the message today. We would love to hear from those who listen to us, view us online. You may call us at 702-647-2627. Or you may write to us at Abundant Life, Seventh-day Adventist Church, 1720 North J Street, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89106. As we prepare to hear from our senior pastor, Elder O'Neill Madden, we will be favored by a special selection from our Abundant Life Church Choir, after which we'll hear from our senior pastor, Hear Ye Him.
How many of you want to receive the drops this morning? Amen. It's good to be in the house of God. You could have been home watching CNN. Amen. But you're here. You could be anywhere, but God has brought you here. I believe where two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus Christ, he has promised that he will be there. And I believe he is here with us this morning. Amen. How many of us want to have an experience with Jesus this morning? Amen. All right. Last week, we touched on a message. In our review, we were talking about revival and reformation. If you remember, we were talking about the whole idea that some of us were caught up with, the, with this notion that we have to preach the reformation message first when Jesus wants us to be revived first. Amen? We can't preach reformation to a dead body. That body must be revived in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? And so our task here is to preach revival to our families, to our friends, to preach revival to our community, to preach revival to this city of Las Vegas. And then the Holy Spirit will see about bringing reformation as the, reform, the revival message goes out. Amen? And so church, we have a duty. And you're going to hear it over and over it is not just Pastor Leroy's and myself. It is not just the elders and the leaders. It is not just us that are elected or appointed that's going to do the work. It's me. The song said, let some drops fall on me. The song did not say, let some drops fall on them. Isn't that right, Courtney? Huh? Let some drops fall on me. You are here today, not because of me. You are here today, not because of your mother. You are here today, not because of your husband or wife. You are here today because the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. Amen? And so, church, we got to turn the tide. We have to look away from seeking to entertain and pleasure ourselves and to seek the way of God and let some drops, even one drop, fall on me. Amen? Today, we have a message entitled, CNN has been promoting it. Fox News have been promoting it. In fact, it's been promoted for the last 10 days. The perfect storm. The perfect storm. If you just want to imagine with me what a perfect storm is. The perfect storm is, is caused by this, this system, this tropical storm that developed in the, the Caribbean area and making its way up to the East Coast, meeting another depression that is coming from the north. And if that wasn't worse, there was another storm that was coming from the west, and they met in that perfect manner, causing the perfect storm. When we think of this, uh, I, I heard the, the weather reporters, they were talking about this in many different ways, and they were saying, can you imagine this has never happened? It's a perfect scenario, and, and they were talking about it for, for, let me say, weeks. 
they were talking about it for days and they're saying that it, it is they're forecasting that it's going to be hitting the eastern uh, coast they weren't sure where it was going to come is it going to be the carolinas is it going to hit around new jersey is it going to hit around new york or is it going to go up a little further on the east coast but they knew it was coming the perfect storm very interesting when we think of this storm this tropical storm sandy they called it it started with a tropical storm but somehow it grew into a hurricane and then it lost its spin or the, the its velocity and they turn it back into a tropical storm but then it grew in 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 a in a great way into in, into a into a hurricane hurricane with these gale force winds crawling up the seaboard the eastern seaboard others hearing of it they're saying it's just another storm Ain't nothing going to happen. We're staying home. We heard the news that we should evacuate. Move away from the seacoast. Oh no, but it's just another storm. I've been living here over 70 years. And I've been here in all these storms and it has never touched me yet. We're staying. We don't want looters coming in our house. We're staying where we are. Nothing is going to happen to us. One community, they had buckled down and there was a teenage girl that was taking pictures, videotaping this intermittently. And then soon after she saw the the waters rising and she said it's, it's not going to go anywhere and her parents they were with her as well and as they looked and they saw the water rising they saw the water going beyond the steps and coming up to the front door and filling up coming up to the doorknobs they said no we got to get out of here and if they did not leave that storm would have swept them away entire communities gone it was early monday morning early in the middle of the morning i something woke me up and told me to call my mother living in new jersey and so i called my mother and she was asleep and says i said mom are you prepared for that storm and she says well neil uh, everything is all right. You know, it's okay. But then soon after, she said, hold on, Neil, I hear something. And she heard this howling wind. She said, I, I didn't hear that before. And then she said, hold on again. And we spent about an hour on the phone that Monday morning. She listening to the wind and wondering what was going to happen. And then soon after we prayed and I said bye to her and I'll connect with her uh, later on the evening. Somehow I haven't even spoken to my mom until now. I've been trying to call her, call her, call her. No answer. It was Thursday night I called my sister. And my sister told me that the wind came, the rain came, and the power went, knocking out the system. And she said since then, the cell phones weren't working. The cell towers had gone down. And the, the phone lines, everything had gone down. The gas stations, they had dried up and they couldn't get out but she had some she was impressed to fill her tank the day before 
and she was able to get to work and she was staying in another area. But she says that only once in a while the signal comes and she's able to call mom. And I was so happy to understand that my mom was okay. But church, I want you to understand me. As my sister told me the, the story, she said in the middle of the night, they heard this huge, this huge noise in the backyard, like something that just dropped and it shook the house. And she said she looked out and she couldn't see anything. And she tried to take a picture of it with her cell phone to, that had a flash. And then she looked at it and she said, Mom, the tree is down. A huge tree in the backyard fell down. And when my mother took the pictures later on that day, they realized that the tree had fallen and just missed the house just like that. I'm telling you, in the midst of the storm, God is there. God is able to protect. God is able to provide. Even though you may lose something, even though you may lose someone, in the midst of the storm, God is there. They call this the perfect storm. The text in Luke chapter 21, verse 25 says, And... There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and up on the earth, the press, distress of nations with perplexity and the sea and the waves roaring. This is in the last days that this is promised that these things will occur. There shall be signs in the sun, the moon, the stars, upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Let us pray. Eternal God in heaven, as we come before your throne, we need to hear from you this morning. We pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will touch down here and that you will bless each and every one in this place that is hearing your words. I pray, Father, that you will be with those that's hearing online. I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will touch and convict each and every one. Touch the preacher. Kill pride. May your Holy Spirit come. Touch my stammering tongue. Release your words, Lord, that you have ordained and that your name will be glorified. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The sea and the waves roaring. I don't know if you have been taking note, but our nation, our world is under attack. Uh, we have seen this for the last 10 years, and some researchers have put it and said for the, within the last 10 years, we've had more devastation, natural disasters than we've had in the previous 100 years. Now, I want you to understand with me, things are happening right now in our world that's happening in quick succession. The time of the end is upon us. The Bible tells us in the book of Daniel, chapter 12, verse 1, and it tells you, at that time shall Michael, the archangel, which is Jesus Christ, shall stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And it says, there shall be a time of trouble such as never since there was a nation, even so that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. Amen? 
And so it is telling us, Daniel looked down the portals of time through the Holy Spirit, and he was shown that there was going to be devastation in our world. There is going to be a time of trouble such as this world has never seen. If we think that that storm that we saw last week was the perfect storm, there is even a more perfect storm that is coming. I want you to understand with me that all that we're seeing, it is leading up to the time of the end. And it is time for God's people to get serious. It is time for us to put away all excuses. It is time for us to recognize, yes, we may be living in a sinful city, but God is there, that God is here. And we are not to... Uh, make the city an excuse for our sin and our foolishness. We have to understand that in the midst of the storm that God has promised to bring us through. Now, people, we got we to gotta make this real. And we got to understand what we are facing. About uh, 10 years ago, we saw these tornadoes zinging through and passing North America. We have never seen so many of them happening in quick succession just like that. We're seeing earthquakes taking place underwater, causing amazing tsunamis to come and just cover the land and take away belonging and all people, sweeping them in the midst of the sea. I remember when that tsunami took place, I believe it was 2004, in the Indian Ocean, when... There are two divers that were, they were diving in the, in the Indian Ocean, and they were looking at all the wild, the, the sea life down beneath. And as they looked, they, they, they saw some disturbances. They saw all these sea creatures running away in another direction. And they were wondering, what is this all about? And as they, they wondered, they looked and they saw that there was like this, the, the, a rush of water above them. And this water was rushing towards the land. And they were wondering what this was all about. They figured that, you know, something must be wrong. And so soon up, they, they came up after there was a helicopter waiting for them. And they were pulled up to safety. And they were able to see, front seat, they were able to see the water, the waves going into the land in the Indian Ocean. And they were able to see the waves going in and demolishing the, the landscape, going miles in and pulling cars, people, houses and everything into the midst of the sea. They said that was the most devastating things that they think they have ever seen in their history of diving. But I want you to understand with me, all of these spectacular things that we are seeing, it is telling us that the end is near. Every natural disaster that we see, it is telling us the end is near. The Lord is coming again, and we must be prepared. If there is ever a time for us to get ready, the time is now. I know that some of us were waiting to hear and see uh, the signs of the Sunday law. Well, the signs are upon us. If you have not been reading very carefully. We are seeing these things. And the Bible tells us in the book of Matthew chapter 24, when we see these signs, look up for our redemption draweth near. It doesn't tell us that our redemption is here, but it tells us our redemption draweth near. And so we must be ready. We must be on target. We must understand. There was a perfect storm back in the Bible days. Uh, in the book of Genesis, if you remember, uh, there was this man that preached for a whole 120 years. Do you remember his name? Huh? He preached for a whole 20, 120 years, and the people didn't listen. 
the majority of the people did not listen. Now, what we have to understand is that the majority of the people that we are preaching to will not listen. Uh, sometimes the life of a preacher, the life of a saint is a lonely one. Because sometimes you will feel ostracized. Sometimes you're going to feel that you are the only one in the neighborhood that is standing up for some principle. As you live in this very city, you have seen a lot happening in this city. And sometimes you may wonder, why are you in this city? God places his people in strategic places to accomplish great purposes. And if we link up to God and just allow him to use us, can you imagine what God can do? If one consecrated person stands up and is used by God, it tells us from the pen of inspiration, a hundred people will stand forth and surrender themselves to God. If one person stands up and allow the drop, to fall, just to allow the Holy Spirit to use you, great things can happen. Church, it is time for us to face the fact. I want you to understand with me now as I give you some facts. I was looking on a news site, and uh, we, I was trying to pull together some information to share with you. And I found that this was so ironic that, um, that this storm that we just had may be a prophetic storm. Now, top 10 facts of the storm that became the perfect storm. It didn't start out as a perfect storm, according to the weather reporters. It started in a very humble way. It says Hurricane Sandy began in Jamaica in October 22, 2012, developing from an elongated tropical wave near the Caribbean Sea. October 22. Isn't that a prophetic day? About uh, over 150 years ago, October 22nd was a very interesting time. There were some people that gathered in North America, and they were preaching uh, this message uh, led by William Miller that the world was going to end October 22nd, 1844. Do you remember that? And uh, they waited that day waited for Christ to come. They were waiting from morning until night. They had sold all their possessions. They waited till the setting of the sun. Uh, the Lord was still tarrying. They waited until midnight, and he still tarried. And they were wondering and pondering, and the time came and went. And in our church history, or in the history of North America, let me put it this way, it says that there was a great disappointment. Google great disappointment and read about it. Many people were disappointed that the Lord did not come. But there was a purpose and there was a meaning for this great disappointment. It was a time for God's people to be ready. It was a time for God's people to test themselves, to recognize that there will be a time that is coming. But the Bible tells us that no man knows the day nor the hour. Nobody knows, but we must be ready. Amen? And so we must be on target. And so at this very day, the point number one, fact number one, Sandy came, began in my island, around my or our island, Jamaica, around October 22nd, that developed into the hurricane that we know it. Number two. More than 1,200 flights were canceled that day. Many planes grounded right across the eastern seaboard because of this tropical depression that developed into a storm. 
in one of the most affected areas, more than 100 homes were destroyed by an overnight blaze. One blaze that started in one particular home just wiped out all these homes. Others looking on it, and you saw it on the news, they said it is like a bomb dropped in this community. Blazed right through. It says that, uh, number four, there were no trading for two days in Wall Street. The entire system was crippled. What we're seeing is that during the height of the storm, estimates suggest that there were over three and a half million tweets with the hashtag Sandy. People were talking about it all over the world. The scope of the cost of the recovery was estimated up to $50 billion. In comparison to Hurricane Irene, a New York uh, storm uh, which hit last uh, year, August 2012, cost the city $55 million. This one far passes that $55 billion. As a result of the storm, the Greenwich, the Greenwich uh, Village Halloween parade was postponed for the first time in the 39-year history. Praise the Lord. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I was saying, well, there's no tricking and a treating in that area, right? I'm just praising the Lord. At least... Instead of tricking or treating, many individuals were home praying. Amen? Sometimes it takes a storm to knock on your door for you to realize that there is a true God of heaven and earth. You don't have to worship the dead, right? God is a God of the living. Amen? Amen. If you want to do some tricking or treating, you could do it in your own house, right? <laughs> but these people, many young Children were grounded at, as a result of it. And so, number nine, Sandy caused the worst damage in New York City in its 108-year um, um, year history. The whole metropolis was crippled as a result of it. And it says now over 4.8 million customers remain without power right through the District of Columbia, through uh, New Jersey, through New York, Pennsylvania, all these areas were crippled. My mother living in the midst. Church, why am I telling you all of this? You could have read this in CNN. You could have, you know, you're saying, preacher, we didn't want to come. We didn't come to hear the news. I want you to understand, folks. There is something that is happening in our world. We've had our Katrinas. We've had our Hurricane Wilmas and our Hurricane Ritas and, and uh, Wilmas and Camille and, uh, and Donnas and Charlies and Hugos and Celias and Eloise. We've had all the alphabets of hurricanes hitting our nation for the last 50 years. We've had all our typhoons. We've had our tsunamis. But does this tell us anything? Are we being woken up as a result of this? Are we waking up realizing that the Lord is knocking on the door? Is the Lord really, this message that the Lord is sending us through signs and wonders, are we waking up to the reality? It is time for us to realize as a church that there is a controversy. And this controversy, it's a war between good and evil. It's a controversy for your soul. I was picking up, I picked up this, this um, reading from the last century. And it says here, it is on the law of God, that last great struggle of controversy between Christ and 
his angels, and Satan and his angels will come. You may not realize. Uh, we may be looking at storms. We may be looking at financial collapse. We may be looking at all these disasters, crime rates, and all of these, but, and systems, but there is something behind, behind all of these things. And there is a battle that's been waged for your soul right now. There is a war that is taken, that is being waged right now for your mind. And it's being waged in every media, whether on the internet, whether on the TV, whether even in the open arena, it is being waged right now for you. And it is a decisive battle. And this battle, it's a contention. They're fighting for men and women, the mind of men and women. It says men in responsible position will not only ignore or despise the Sabbath themselves, but from the sacred desk will urge up on the people to observe the first day of the week, pleading tradition and customs in behalf of this man-made institution. They will point to calamities on land and sea, to the storms and winds, floods and earthquakes, the destruction by fire and judgment, indicating God's displeasure. And with all of these things that will take place, people are going to run to religion. When all of these calamities, and they will increase, people are going to run back to religion. People are going to run back to God. They are going to secure themselves in, in the Lord in some relationship. But what kind of relationship? As a result of this, what you're going to be seeing, you're going to see all of these officials right now that's trying to take God out of the schools. They're going to try to take God out of the courtrooms. They're trying to take God out of everything. They're going to get to a point to realize that they can't legislate away storms and disasters. They're going to get to the point that there is no human invention to stop all calamities. They're going to realize that it is only God. But they're going to run back to a false God. And as a result of running back to a false God, it's going to cause a time of persecution. Now, people, I want you to understand what, what I'm talking about here. There is a system in this world right now, and it's, it's like these, the system is playing chess, and you are the pieces. And every one of us is caught up in the whole midst. And so as we're seeing all of these things coming right now, they're going to use all of these things that we're seeing now, and it's going to pull us all in. And when it comes time to run back to God, where do you think people are going to be running to? Now, I don't want to, or do I promote getting into politics in the pulpit? But we're in a situation right now where what was considered wrong is being considered right. Now, I have to speak in code because I don't want anyone to say that Pastor Madden is pushing one candidate or another. Uh, but what was considered a cult before is being considered the standard right now. It, it is as if that individuals to, I would say, pander to their own political ambitions or, or parties... They're trying to push even, let me say, a more cultic religion in the mainstream. If you don't understand what I'm saying, do some reading. <laughs> Folks, we're in a situation right now where what is considered, what was considered wrong in the past is being considered right. I am not in favor of the, let me say, marital compromises 
of this age at this time. And I do believe that sometimes we pander to politics and we, we deviate in this way. I'm not in favor of that. But I believe that God loves everybody. Amen? He loves gays. He loves lesbians. God loves everybody. I don't believe that we should pander to any kind of political platform. But we are in a situation right now where there is a great compromise and our soul could be up on the line. I was reading the other day, and it was saying that as Christians, should Christians vote? Should we get involved in the political process? And uh, the response was, yes, we should. We should, in a prayerful manner, pray and look at the alternatives, look at the outcomes, see where the direction is going, and make the best choice. On both sides of the parties that you have right now, there, there are good and there are bad. But you need to choose which one you think will truly represent you and represent the interests of God in the long run. Amen? You need to look at these things and see that, yes, there may be storms looming around, but now I have to make a decision, and I have to make a decision and a decision that will count. Are you going to pander to lies and deceptions? Or are you going to pander? Are you going to stand up for what is true? And so as we're seeing in the midst of all of these things that's taking place right now, this stirring around, all of these things are, there, is a, there are distractions that's trying to take our minds. In the pen of inspiration, it tells us, that Satan seeks to control your body. He seeks to control your mind. Repeat again. Satan seeks to control your mind through your body. And he tells us that we should guard the avenues of our soul. Because it is in them that we are tempted. We have been focusing on a storm on the outside. But I want you to understand that I believe there is a storm that is brewing on the inside. And that storm is the worst. The storm that you have in your homes. The storm that you have in the church. The storm that we are facing right now with different little associations. These storms. These are the things that will topple and bring a whole city, a whole structure down. What we need to understand here is this, is that here we are in this setting, and we are told that we should guard the very avenues of our soul. What is the avenues of our soul? What are the avenues of our soul? Huh? Oh, what, what you see? Okay, big, huh? What you hear? Huh? What you smell, yes, what you touch, and what you taste. These are the avenues of your soul, and we should guard them. Satan cannot tempt you in any other way. He could only tempt you by what you taste. And some of us, we're digging our own graves, and we just love to eat whatever, and what you eat becomes what you think. We're going to talk about that sometime. As I'm breaking this down, some of us, we are so caught up with what we see, it would be better for our eyes to be plucked out like Samson. Hooked on pornography. I'm talking about perfect storms that's being created to topple us, hooked on all of these things, things that we hear, 
Remember that little song that we used to sing to our kids? Be careful, little ears what you hear, right? <laughs> Remember that, right? For the Father up above, who is looking down in love, well, we have to be very careful. Uh, the things that we touch. Some of us, we like to, you know, pretend, you know, and like, we, we like to touch. Touchy people. Touchy people, right? Getting in trouble. Uh, we got to watch out. Satan uses these means to get your mind. And it's your mind. Once he has your mind, once he has hijacked your mind, that's it. He has you. He controls you. And this is why it is important for us to guard these avenues. We need to put security guards there. We got to be careful what we expose ourselves to. But it tells us that God wants to control our bodies through our mind. This is what he wants to do. Satan wants to control it through the five senses, but God wants to control the body through your mind. You see, sometimes, you know, you're, you're driving along and stuff, and you see something that is looking really nice. The first look is temptation. The second look is sin. You know what I mean, right? You know, that, that, that taste bud, all of... Always when we, we, dwell and we, we, we delve into these things, that's when it comes. It is not wrong to be tempted. Remember, Jesus was tempted. Matthew chapter 4, right? Jesus was tempted, but he met the temptation. It is written. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every Word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Church, as I conclude, the storm that we're facing right now, that is the major storm, are the storms that we are facing in our homes. Some of you parents, you want your children to grow in the right way. But what are you doing? Are you setting the right example? Are you even praying in your home? Do you even lift a word in your home? It's very important for us to understand. So many times individuals come to my office and they said, Oh, my son, my son, he's in jail and whatever it is. And I ask, you know, do you, do you have worship in your home? Oh, we, we, we used to have it when my, grand, when my mother was alive. I said, well, that's your problem. When you divorce yourself from God, what do you expect? Folks, there is a perfect storm that is brewing. Yeah, I know we're talking about Sandy. Those are natural depressions, yes, all of these things. But the perfect storm that we need to focus on is what's happening in the home. Because the home, the way the home goes is the way the church goes. The way the church goes is the way society goes. Do you understand? And so, folks, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be challenging families. In fact, I'm going to be meeting with families and we want to set up some strategies to help us, our families to grow more spiritual. Amen. We want, we want, we want to guard the avenues or help our children guard the avenues that they will be able to stand firm and they will be able to say no. Do you remember back in the 80s, if you remember the commercials? Back then when the guy would come and try to give a kid drugs and the kid would stand and says, no. Do you remember that? Well, some of you guys are too young to remember that, right? But we need to set things right. And it has to start in the home. Parents, and I want kids to hold you accountable if you're not praying in your home. You're inviting the devil in.
If you are not reading the word of God in your home, you're telling the devil, welcome. You know, you're doing the reverse of Revelation chapter 3, where God says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens the door, he says, I will come in and sup. But what we do, we bar the front door and we open the back door and we let the devil in. And that's what we're doing. How can we expect results, positive results, if we're carrying on the same foolishness over and over and over and over again? I want to challenge you. Take the 30-day challenge. 30-day challenge. If you are having trouble in your home right now, husband and wife, with children, whatever challenges that you are facing in your home, 30-day challenge. Take the challenge. Start praying with your family in the morning. Get them together. Lord, I want to thank you for waking us up. Lord, I want to thank you for all that you have done for us, Lord. And we ask that you will bless us as we go throughout this day. And we want to claim the promises of your word, Lord. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, that tells us, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, I will help thee, I will uphold thee with thy righteous right hand. Lord, I claim this promise on my family today. Lead them, we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. 30-day challenge. Five minutes with God in the morning. Just taking that. I guarantee you, you're going to see a, a, an upside-down, turnaround blessing in your home. Amen? Church, it is time for us to bar the doors and don't let the devil in. It is time for us to reclaim our families. Amen? Families, whether you're a single family or whether you are a multi-person family, I'm appealing to you. Would you like to take this challenge? If you don't mean it and you know that you're not going to do it, don't stand. But if you want to take this challenge just to simply open the word of God, pray every day. 30-day challenge. Five minutes with God. I'm inviting you to stand. If you don't mean it, don't stand. Amen? I was so blessed the other Wednesday night, Wednesday evening. Now, mind you, church, there are so many hundreds of you here. But I miss you on Wednesday night. I see a small percentage on Wednesday night. But I was so blessed uh, in praying with my little friend, Courtney. Did you pass the test? You passed the test? You did well? You did well, I passed it too. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord, amen, amen, amen. This is what it's all about. I believe God blessed you because you prayed. Amen, amen. We must continue in prayer, folks. That's the only way. We will have perfect storms coming in our land. But we have a perfect Savior that is able to stand the tide. And as our text says in the book of Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2, it says, when we pass through the waters, when we pass through the waters, it shall not flood us out. And when we pass through the fires, we shall not be burned. It doesn't say if. It says when, when you will be going through, you will be going through, but we got to prepare ourselves for that time and our preparation 
is on a daily basis. We need to do as Jesus did. Where his custom was daily, he prayed to the Father. He opened the word and claimed the promise. Let us do it. And you're going to see the results. Amen? Amen. Let us bow our heads for prayer. Father in heaven, it is always difficult for us to pray and to even claim these promises because we know that we are wretched. We're miserable. We are poor, blind, and naked. I'm asking, Lord, that you will touch our church. We need a revival in our church, Lord. We need a revival of divine proportions in our church, Lord. And I pray that you will send forth your angels, Lord, led by the Holy Spirit, and that they will walk through this congregation and bless each and every standing saint here, Father. We pray for your divine anointing, Lord, to take control of each and every individual, each and every family, Lord. Help us to guard the avenues of our souls, Lord. Help us to know, Father, that the time is upon us and that ready or not, you are coming back, Lord, but you are coming back for a people that have a relationship with you. We pray, Father, that you will move upon this place and that you will direct and navigate us, Lord. We know that you want, to, want us to be in your kingdom. You're preparing this place for us even now. We ask, Lord, that you will just heal this church. Heal the young people. Heal the young adults, Lord. Heal the parents, Lord. Help us to shine, Lord, that whatever is happening on the outside in the world, Lord, that they, it will not affect us, but that indeed we will be in the world and not of the world. That we will not be, will, we will not be of the world, but we will be of the word. And so, Lord, just take control now. Lead now. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you the glory, Lord for hearing and answering our prayers, for we ask it in Jesus' name.